0: All right.
1: Hey, what's up guys? Superman Alex here. Hey, Russell Fit. One of the newest, baddest workouts out there right Ready now. Ready to go, buddy. So all right. All right, you count me in.
0: Two, one, uh, go
1: and welcome back everybody to another edition of to the turnbuckle um that's gonna feel like it wasn't a long break at all for for the folks that i for think folks we took that like 15 to this 20 thing, minutes but... but
0: yeah when they watch it or listen to it on spotify it's gonna yeah. be like a couple commercials it's gonna be great
1: yeah it's gonna be fine uh but we were having a nice little uh, let's call it a business I think that meeting pretty much was a business uh... meeting actually that uh, was a, a two man, two business meeting because uh, we'll be out in, uh, we'll be out in Mansfield this weekend, Mr. McCarthy, Mansfield, Ohio. Heading back for, uh, for Saturday night Slam, ASWA presented of course. It's going to be a banger, banger, banger uh, of an event. Going to be a, uh, a, a TLC match
0: even. Do you know how hard it is going to be for me to stand in the director's area and not grab a camera from one of our roaming cameras and film it. I've never done roaming for a ladder match, and if you've ever listened to this show or the Bruce Cruise podcast, the only podcast that brings you pro wrestling for your ears, the ladder match is my absolute favorite stipulation of all time. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a Sorry. professional. If we have roaming camera guys, fingers crossed, I'm not going to touch them fucking cameras. I'm not.
1: But I'm gonna want to. Are you? Are you bringing back the Bruce Cruz podcast for the uh, G1 climax coming yeah, up or something? Yeah,
0: I'm working on it now.
1: All right. So, because uh, I know it's been on a bit of a hiatus, yeah, isn't I that mean, correct? It was
0: the least. The, I got a lot of listens from it, but it's like, mm-hmm. what do I pick? What 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 gets cut off the chopping block? And it was the Bruce Cruz podcast. But as we're moving along. I'm making more money. Our shows are easier. It's gonna make its comeback.
1: All right, well, because cause, cause look, your your voice is meant, your dulcet tones are meant to be behind behind the microphone. so would be I ways. So Just much. want you to know that. Um, <laughs> uh, hey, look, you can look. I'll take a couple months off. Then I don't want to do that. You no, can no, I don't want to. You, do you that can have
0: it because then no. Cause then I can't fix so, things when they go wrong. That's the whole idea of Jason being out here switching cameras and doing graphics with us, so that when something goes wrong, I can fix it.
1: Now, now is, is that is that is that lovely young man? That that handsome young man? That central casting ready young man? Um, is, is he going to be uh, oh, yes with sir. us this Saturday we may, evening? We may even have right.
0: another junior high intern that took broadcasting with him. To, Jason told me he's pretty good at stuff, so we'll see.
1: All right, well, look, that's hey, if there's anything about Snapmare Productions, is is that we love kids, ain't no doubt about it. Come on in, we're, we're Snapmare Productions building the youth of America. Uh, <laughs> God, they're in trouble. Uh, all right, let's let's speak in a youthful let's talk Monday Night Raw, which is only 30. Um, all right, let's talk about it. So, Edge and Beth Phoenix lined up a challenge for Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley at Elimination Chamber. Well, this went about what you thought it would go, and that's we're going to get a, the good old fashioned mixed tag team match at Elimination Chamber it Peters. Edge is still Edge is still great on the microphone. Edge is still very good in the ring. Edge is still very good at everything he's ever done. Um. He's even a fantastic Viking. We love you, History oh, Channel. I forgot about
0: that. Um, Wasn't he though? Wasn't he though?
1: And uh, there's been some concern, uh, reportedly on on the on the rumor mill, that that Edge looks looks too old. Do you think Edge looks too old for WWE television? Does he look too old? Um,
0: no, like not even a little bit too. Old? Like, not even close. I mean, come on. We've had Ric Flair. We've had Vince. Involved in storylines in the past two years. Yeah, they are 20, 30 years his senior, but I guess, you know, the listeners at home can kind of see my point.
1: Right. Um, No, I don't, look, I don't think when you're at Edge's status or uh, or anyone of, of, of his caliber or his status, there is no you look too old, you're still Edge. The Undertaker is still the Undertaker. Sting is still Sting. Ric Flair is still Ric Flair. Like you, you have, If you're not given any sort of a pass, any sort of a pass on, oh, you look this way, then what the hell did you earn for wrestling for 30, 40 years? Didn't you earn anything? I guess not, but it's just weird to me. Just odd to me. Um, so, how do you feel about this mixed tag team oh, matchup coming up at Elimination Chamber?
0: This might be one of the best mixed tag team matches ever. Because, I mean, you just look at the talent involved. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not missing that. And I'm glad they're getting it out of the way. This is another one, like, like we talked about with Rhea Ripley coming out the night after Rumble and making her intentions known. They could have drugged this out for another week. They could have. The right decision was to have Beth sure. Phoenix come out and make the challenge last night.
1: Yeah, I look. I'm a big believer, and sometimes Vince was bad about this, and sometimes Triple H has been bad about this. If it's obvious it's coming, just get to it. If it's obvious, it's why are we taking two or three weeks to get there when that's valuable TV time that could be used either for something else entirely or to build said story? One of the two. Um, and so I, I am a believer in look, if you know this is coming, just get to it. Um, you know, and it doesn't matter, even if it's my faves, I think it's so frustrating. Like when it became obvious to some extent that John Cena was going to wrestle the Undertaker at WrestleMania, we didn't need to wait until wrestlemania to have that match confirmed. We did not need that. Like, yeah, it was kinda cool. I get what they were going for. He resurrects after putting his stuff down. But like if we knew it was coming or the The only thing I can give a credit for is it's a little different. But still, why are are we giving this build to a match we don't know is going to happen in in terms of kayfabe? Since we don't know the Undertaker is going to show up, why are we wasting our time?
0: Because I think what they try to do sometimes is overthink. But, I mean, sometimes it works. If you look at Ric Flair and The Undertaker, when Undertaker wanted nothing more, and to destroy destroyed Ric Flair at WrestleMania. And Ric Flair wouldn't agree until he destroyed everyone in Ric Flair's life. Like, that made that match that much more personal and the story better. But those are few and far between. I mean, that was, what, 15 years ago? There's times when I yep. stretch this stuff out, and I'm not... AEW does this shit, too, so I'm not just bashing on the WWE for this. Sometimes things get just strung out too far, like we'll discuss during dynamite my issue with, with them right now. I don't wanna like hop the rest of the show.
1: Well we'll get we'll get there. Uh we'll, we'll get there. Absolutely we will. Um all right. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to this this mixed tag team match. Um you know I gotta tell you, if we're still getting if we're getting Ed Finn Balor um if Edge is becoming that feel-good spot in the Mania card, then Finn Balor and Rita Ripley need to win this match in in a big way, because if because or else, or else what do you got? Uh, you know, it, at this point. And honestly, I don't know why we're doing this anyway, because we've had 45 big matches. I'm using hyperbole, folks, but we've had a boatload of big matches included involving Edge and his former Judgment Day compadres. And we never seem to get anywhere. So I hope this is, we're finally bringing it home. Uh, I hope. Uh, now maybe Edge, lo- I know Edge has some creative input, especially on on his character and his direction. Uh, he may have, still have creative input on everything. I remember for a while he was, he and Daniel Bryan were on the creative I team sure together. You remember, remember that a few years ago. So he might—he he might still be involved on everything. I don't know but I know he certainly is playing a part here. And so I don't know if it's just, I love working with these guys. And if you do, that's awesome. But there's, then I need you to, if, even if you're going to keep working with those guys, I need you to focus more on other people that aren't named Finn Balor. Give me a full fledged edge Damien priest feud. I can, I can do that. I can do that all day long. i sorry. I'm not like, yeah, prison Dom is kind of funny, but I'm still not buying in the hype. He's, he's um, getting better. That's of,
0: all we can ask all we can ask of Dom right now. He's not boring. He's not, you know, the best guy on the microphone, but I mean, he's far and away from when he first started cutting promos. So that's all we can ask for for him. And I do think this is the end. This this is going to bring it full circle. Because, you know, Edge got outed of the judge from the Judgment Day for Finn Balor. So this kind of brings everything full circle. But Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley can't lose this. And Rhea definitely can't take the pinfall. She's got a championship match with Charlotte in two months. So you can't, like, hurt her, Mystique.
1: Well, and the issue, and the issue becomes, the the issue for me, and I know, I, I understand the hypocrisy on my part of what I'm about to say. Let me be clear on that. The issue becomes uh, similar to pe- what people say about The Undertaker or any other part-timer at this stage, if you beat Finn Balor at WrestleMania inside hell himself, going to be a banger, I have no doubt, going to be a show-stealer, if that is on the card. And that's a big if, because until we know, we don't know. But if that is on the card, that's one of the matches I'm looking forward to. That's one of the ones I'm getting hyped for and and, and you know ready to, to, to support and, and show out for. Here's the issue with it if edge wins and then is not on on Raw the next night or smackdown the next Friday and is going on another sabbatical until SummerSlam, great um the biggest issue with part timers is this is like they are great to bring in they spe- they feel special and i you know i enjoy them to the utmost but the problem is with a guy like Finn balor especially you know, because he's not your—he's not your kind of mid-carder that is just there to take the loss that you can do with other guys like Finn, like uh, Dolph Ziggler and other people of that of of that ilk. That's right. I just dropped an ilk. But Finn Balor is upper mid-card and is a step away from being a main eventer again. If he loses to Edge at Hell in the Cell, and then Edge is not around to kind of help prop up the product. After WrestleMania, because here's the thing about wrestling, and it's one of the coolest things about wrestling. I love it, but it also gets exhausting. We have the Super Bowl this Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And then that is your last football game until, like, the second week of August when preseason football starts. That's the last football game until preseason football it's the last football game that means anything until about the second week of September. What's my point? In wrestling, and we all know this, but but sit under old Logan's learning tree here. It's better to be state the obvious than to state something new and be wrong. So in wrestling, we obviously have WrestleMania. We don't have an off season starting that next day. We go right into Monday Night Roll, and you know what we begin to do? We build towards the next one. That's what everything about this product is. It's always building to the next WrestleMania. Yes, we'd be building towards what I assume will be WrestleMania Backlash. But everything this product is, no matter who is booking it, is about WrestleMania. That's what this whole business in WWE is about. That's your big payoff. So what's my point? Let me really bring it home here for you. Finn bowed to take a huge loss at Edge at WrestleMania, and then Edge has gone in, and you know, he'll be back at SummerSlam or whatever. Great, awesome, cool. <sighs> but you're really undercutting a guy that could be, not necessarily the face of the company, but certainly a stopgap main event star that could win a few world titles. And so it's just frustrating. You understand what I'm no, saying? I, I like, how do you avoid I that? Think it would be an Didn't awful just... decision, because
0: I'm sure, I mean with his part-time schedule and how long he's been wrestling, that Edge is not going to be on the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. I'd be shocked if he was on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. I really would. So I think you hit the nail right on the head, and, and let's be honest, we do need Finn Balor to win this match because, yeah, him and Seth had some return bouts in the past year or so, but they really haven't had a return world championship match. And we need that. I, Finn Balor deserves it. Seth Rollins definitely deserves it. But Finn Balor has not missed a step. He has done everything that has been asked of him ever since he came back from that injury. Now, does that always mean that you're going to be champion? No. But it. I believe it has earned him an opportunity to wrestle in a championship match.
1: Because let's be honest, McCarthy, this, we're about to enter a whole new level of uncertainty with the WWE right now. And what I mean by is this. On top of these rumored cell talk, on top of Vince McMahon wielding whatever power he wants to wield until he can legally be stopped, if he can legally be stopped, because again, I don't know the parameters of what is and what isn't okay to do and what can be proven and not proven in court. On top of all that, The WWE television product is about to be uprooted in my assumption because I'm going to heavily assume that Cody Rhodes is beating Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and taking the titles off of him. And so we need to build up more main event guys because the main event pitcher has been Roman Reigns in the bloodline for so long. But it is, but it would be anticlimactic if Roman Reigns stays in the main event picture instantly after WrestleMania. He's got to go away for a few months. He's got to be shaken to the core as a character, and he's got to go regroup on that island of relevancy or whatever. Like Roman Reigns, I think, I assume, because I think as a character it has to fit and tell the story. Roman Reigns has got to go away for a few months after he loses the belt which means we're going to be a Roman Reigns last WWE for the first time since the pandemic and Roman Reigns is much stronger now and much more invigorated in the entire product than he was then and he was really oh he was really invigorated then Uh, so do you understand what I mean McCarthy in terms of the uncertainty we're about to head into I assume because as a character Roman Reigns has got to be shaken to his core when he takes that L and go away for a oh, few I months I think. Agree. Wouldn't you agree? I
0: mean, he's been on this run for well almost 2 years now. You you need a break. Like is he on TV as much as he would have been 4 years ago if he was doing this run then? No. But that doesn't mean he's not doing all the extra shit. Like yeah, he might be part-time sometimes on TV, but that's some people don't realize. We know. We've talked about it on the show before. When you are the world champion in a prominent wrestling promotion, be it New Japan, AEW, or WWE, it's more than just having matches. You're shaking hands, kissing babies. You're doing radio interviews. You're doing ESPN interviews. You're doing podcasts. Plus, you're doing WWE's podcasts. So you got that over here where you're, you're kind of kayfabe and everything because it's Corey Graves podcast. I mean, there's truth in there, but they kayfabe a little bit more than you would if Roman Reigns is on Pat McAfee's show. There's not going to be kayfabe there. It's going to be a more real down to earth kind of a of an interview. Well,
1: just in the last few months, we've seen Roman Reigns uh, you know, he was just on uh Jimmy yeah. Uh, Jimmy Fallon the other night Um, he did Logan Paul's podcast I know that was to help set up the feud but that was still you took time out of your schedule we see him here doing this interview we see him there doing this interview Um, lately he's been working more Smackdowns whether he's wrestling or not Um, he's been on TV a lot a lot more lately um, in terms of being on Smackdown we just saw him uh, and, and Sami Zayn have the big the big brawl to kind of set up um, elimination Chamber. He's going to work Chamber. He's going to work both nights of Mania. Uh, when you are in that Roman Reigns, uh, you know John Cena-esque spot, the the pressure is intense because the whole company is kind of riding on you, and you're going to feel it. And 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 so, yeah. I look. I don't know if I don't know if this is his last full time run or not. I can't go that far. I don't know the details of his contract. I, I have no idea. But I can tell you this much, or with a lot of confidence. He has to take a break after WrestleMania as a, for a character's sake, because he can't come back at WrestleMania backlash and be in the main event there or else what the hell did you just lose for? It needs to be an earth shattering loss whenever he loses to really sell the fact of, Oh my God, he got beat for the first time in three years. He hasn't been pinned. People forget people. Well, I don't, I don't know if anyone forgets, but like subconsciously we have to remember Roman Reigns has not took a pin since the Baron Corbin feud, and I'm talking about the Baron Corbin feud that was was marked with the dog food oh, thing. Wow, that's been that long. He has not taken an L, and so when he takes that L, he cannot just be back on Raw or SmackDown that next night. You need to have you need to have the bloodline, whoever's left of it, and 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 Paul Heyman. You need him to not be able to get a hold of Roman Reigns for weeks, for months, and then I you I think you keep frankly here's my here's my view I you, you keep him off TV at least until Money in the Bank.
0: I say SummerSlam. if not
1: SummerSlam. Because, be, the only reason I say Summer Money in the Bank is, is is an option is I know they'll try to make it big because it's a UK pay per view. I mean that's a bit that's big you know first. And so SummerSlam at the latest, Money Bank earliest, you need, you need months of concern and to really tell this story. And then maybe we have one more Roman Reigns kind of full-time run before he goes and takes a, a break from being full-time and does Hollywood and all that. But we're about to have, in my view, a very uncertain three to four months in WWE on the main event picture as well as behind the scenes. And so Finn Balor has got to be built because he's going to be needed to sell those those summer pay-per-views when people are gonna tune out anyway, except for us, us crazy diehards. But we're gonna be here watching, so damn it, make some good matches out of it. Anywho, let's move it along. Uh Damian Priest defeated Angelo O'Docin's qualified the Mason Chamber. Thought it was the right call. I think it's time to break up the three profits. What say you, Mr. McCarthy? I
0: don't know if we really need to break them up per se, but I'm still on that tip of like they need to bring them into the hurt business with Bianca when she loses the title. I think we need to go from three-man group to legit stable as far as the Hurt Business goes. We saw some of it forming last night. And I like that it's a slow burn. But I think that because we haven't really... What was the last time the Street Profits were a heel, if ever, that you can think of for an extended period of time unless they were wrestling someone a team that was stupid over and they didn't have a choice but to work heel
1: I can't exactly. remember
0: and you need you, you got to be able to do both you you have to show that you can be just as good if not better as a heel than a face you have to
1: Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we, of course, will. We'll keep our eyes on that. Damian Priest has got all the ability to be a star. We we know that. Looking forward to this United States Limited chamber. Could be could be a real banger. Could be a real. Could be one of the better chamber I mean, matches we've match had in was quite some really time. Really
0: well wrestled last night too. Really well wrestled, and I really think mm-hmm. that Angelo Dawkins kind of put his. You can put a stamp on approval. On Angelo Dawkins. We already put it on Montez Ford like eight months ago. But I think last night, working with Damian Priest, I think Angelo Dawkins just got that stamp of approval where they're going to be one of those rare tag teams that if they do split up, they're both, I think they both have a chance to make it as singles wrestlers. Now, is Dawkins more likely to be the Intercontinental U.S. Champion more often than the world champion? Sure. Because Montez Ford is fucking everything. High-flying. He can go in the ring, you know, catch his catch can. He can cut hella good promos. He does funny-ass shit, like sneaking up on people last night. Like The shit was hilarious.
1: Well, I think what helps both of them is they're a rare tag team in, in the sense of neither one lacks a lot of charisma. Mm-hmm. You know, in WWE especially, wrestling period, but WWE especially, charisma is frankly first and foremost work rate is secondary we can debate all day long if that's good or bad that's you know we don't have time to have that discussion but it's undeniable that that in wb charisma's first work rate is second and so they both have a boatload of charisma montez ford is, is is you know he's got plenty he's got enough to give left over but i think dawkins has got plenty as well And when he's been able to show that in his limited spurts, And so that's, I don't worry about either one having successful careers. Do I think Ford is the biggest star? Absolutely. I do. But I think, like you said, I think Dawkins could be, you know, the intercontinental champion or the U S champion. And, you know, maybe with the right build, a quick transition world champion, you know, maybe with the right build. Um, It's, it's, so I'm kind of the reason that I'm, yes, am i okay with the hurt business getting back together including the street Profits? yes but again it's one of those things that if it's coming let's hurry up and get to it and if not i'm excited to see a new era for the street profits whether that is together or apart because while i love the street profits i enjoy everything they do i feel like it's ran its course and let's see what they can do with the ball on their own or again i'm fine if it's they're together in the her business as the Street Profits. But some sort of new twist on what they do is, is long overdue in my opinion. All right, next, Dexter Loomis defeated Baron Corbin. And, uh, you know, that that's not the big news, really, of the of Knights the of Baron Corbin. JBL cut ties with Corbin. He said, you can't polish that a turd. A I tried. line, man. <laughs>
0: Especially how he was like, he like said it. Here's my problem. Is it detrimental to Baron Corbin? Oh, God, yes it is. God, he shouldn't have said it. But at least he delivered it properly and made it funny. Doesn't make it any better because he probably shouldn't have said it.
1: Here's my issue. Here's my problem. I don't know if they just changed their mind. I don't know. I have no idea. But to me, Baron Corbin was was Triple H's first instance of flat-out 50-50 booking. He gets JBL, and they have about a month there, about four weeks, where things are looking great. JBL's putting him over. Baron Corbin's winning some matches. We're slowly building Baron Corbin back up to being a guy I think he has the caliber of being. And then about a month ago, it took a turn to where it's uh, you know a month six weeks whatever it was, it's loss after loss after loss after loss. We don't what what is I, I what's the point? Like I thought the idea what I thought was coming or what I hoped was coming because because I'm you know I'm one of the few in the crowd like the Marines over here. I like Baron Corbin. I think he can work. I think he, and I don't mean work rate. I mean he works for the kind of heel he can be and he's proven himself to be a versatile performer similar to that to kane or the big shell and before i get laughed out of my own room slash studio what i mean by that is that if kane if you wanted kane to be the diabolical demonic evil borderline satanic kane character he can do that if you want Kane to be corporate Kane and just be annoying but have heat and people want to see him get beat, you can do that. If you want to stick him in comedy skits, he can do that. There's nothing that Kane cannot do in terms of his on-air persona and character. We even now see he can essentially not be Kane and still get an effective reaction as Glenn Jacobs. There's nothing he can't do in terms of where at whatever spot you want to put me in, I can make it work. Even now. He can put on that mask and if you need him for a quick feud to to portray that old style dominant cane to put somebody over, he can do that. We've seen it while he's been the mayor of of Knox County in Tennessee. We have seen it. It's amazing. What's my point? What does it have to do with Baron Corbin? We've seen Baron Corbin do very well as the lone wolf. We've seen Baron Corbin. People forget. Was the guy that retired Kurt Angle, and it worked? It was okay. Like, was, was that the dream match? No, but it should have been capitalized on. Or if you wanted, if you wanted, you know, it, sad Corbin when he was all depressed and down on his luck. That, I mean, all kind of side. As goofy as that was, he made it work. He made it work. He willingly humiliated himself and wore like the shame shirt and didn't shave and the whole nine. And then he was Happy Corbin. And all get aside for a second, him and Madcap were working. And then he gets this much needed breath of fresh air with JBL to put him back on kind of the Lone Wolf directory, or a combination of the the Happy Corbin and the Lone Wolf. And now we, we saw it kind of starting at, at Raw thirty. Where JBL didn't put him over to his buddies The Godfather and Ron Simmons. And now and now he's gonna leave him or whatever. I look, anytime a Hall of Famer comes out TV, I know it ain't gonna last forever. I respect that, I get it. There's a reason they're Hall of Famers and pretty much retirees. But the fact that this didn't pay off into anything is is a disservice to both Baron Corbin and JBL. What the hell do you work just what the hell do you work two, three months TV for? For what? This should have been, in my view, that Baron Corbin, it should have built up to WrestleMania. If you wanted to do it really properly, it should have been next year's WrestleMania, but you could have rushed it and did this year. This should have been either. Baron Corbin squashes what's left of JBL in five minutes and takes good care of him, so he's not actually hurt, but gets the point across. Or, or JBL picks a guy that he thinks can be a built-up Baron Corbin, and Baron Corbin gets the win that way and lays out JBL one good time in the process to tell the story. That's the story you should have told, whether that was this year's WrestleMania or preferably next year's, because you could have spent this whole year. In about six months and next, building up Baron Corbin into what he should and could be. He's got the size. The only thing he lacks is a little bit of definition in terms of his look. Other than that, okay. and the right ring gear can make up for it. Other than that, pardon me, I'm a little parched. Other than that, he's got it. He can, he can talk well enough. He, 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 he has incredible... Heat in terms, of, and people say, "Well, it's go away heat," and, and maybe it is, but it's a bigger reaction than most heels get nowadays. Especially when they're not in top not spots, sure. he, he he gets, in, and may, so maybe it is go away heat, but it's a similar, not quite as visceral, but it's as consistent of a reaction as Vicky Guerrero can get when she's on TV, especially when she's doing the "excuse me" thing. And so, I want you to tell me, McCarthy. What, 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 what was the point of this? Why did this happen? Is this building to something else, or is, or are they just cutting the cutting the losses? And you know, JBL goes back to I don't know Fox News I or think whatever. They can
0: does. still develop this into something for WrestleMania because I kind of think that's what they should be doing right now with Baron Corbin as far as WrestleMania goes give a Hall of Famer one last match. And he beats him. I think it's, over time, I think that would be a fantastic story. I also, like, this should be the catalyst to turn him back more towards Lone Wolf, Baron Corbin. Because he was just, he was, Happy Corbin worked for a while, but I think him and JBL didn't work because he was basically Happy Corbin hanging out with JBL. There was no change, really, in Baron Corbin. Other than like he was a latcher on to somebody with millions of dollars, there really wasn't much as far as a change in character that something like this should facilitate because you have a new guy trying to get you over to the top being your manager. It's, it's almost like when a wrestler will go from heel to face and change nothing. It doesn't make sense. Seth Rollins, he's the exception because the fans chose for him to be a face. But when it's in story and decided by the company that, okay, it's time for you to turn, you got to change something. And Corbin didn't change anything, whether that is the producers or Corbin's fault or a mixture of the two, I don't know. But I didn't really feel like... It was ever going to work because he didn't change anything. Like he could have got mean, at least get mean. You're hanging out with JBL. Historically, one of the meanest world heavyweight champions we ever had in the WWE.
1: And frankly, he's got the backstage reputation true. to go along with it. Even played along with that in his Hall of Fame induction where he said, I apologize to absolutely nobody. Um, because JBL is well known to, I don't think JBL is a, is a bad human being, but JBL, like a lot of people, uh, especially in the wrestling business can be an unapologetic jerk out of that ring. And, and, and so you're right in the sense of it didn't give Corbin the edge. It should have, but again, this is, you know, if the Austin Theory situation has taught me anything about the Triple H era, it's that maybe I shouldn't jump the gun as quickly as I as I as I can be prone to do. I know, hard to believe. But I I just feel like I feel like JBL should have one more match and, that, and not a and, and not a full-fledged match, but the bell should ring and it should be five minutes of Baron Corbin beating the crap out of JBL, but also physically taking good care of him. Um, and so it, that's, that's just my, my opinion. We'll see what happens, but I sure hope, I sure hope that, um, that, that, uh, we have some sort of direction for Corbin because he deserves better. And he, he, because to me, this could have ended, this should have ended obviously in their breakup eventually, but this could have been. Uh, you know, ended in a, either a major U.S. title run or even perhaps a stopgap, quick WWE championship run after we get the belt off Roman. Like, there's no reason that that Baron Corbin couldn't be no. a transition champion if built up right. Um, and so I just don't understand because you know people say, well, well, because people, when people hear that, when people hear me say that, they'll go, well, Baron Corbin can't be a champion. You notice know, what I said? I said a quick transition run i know these days we're getting used to again almost like the 80s of world title means i gotta have it for a year no you don't necessarily have to have that you can be a champion for two or three months to transition to the next guy mick foley made a made a hell of a career off of that as far as his world title picture goes you don't have to you know i know that everyone's doing these long runs now and to some extent it's cool and to some extent it's exhausting. You can you can break that mold again if you so desire. We don't have to have when I say these guys are capable of being world champion. That doesn't mean I think they should carry the company for three years like Roman Reigns is doing, or now MJF is doing for AEW. It means a quick six to eight week run, just to say you had it almost, and to as a thank you even for the fact that you might not be the guy, but you deserve a little a, a little bit of thank you from the company. Because especially a guy like Corbin or Kane or Big Show who are willing to delegitimize themselves for the sake of this company, like they're they're out there doing things big men shouldn't even be doing. Well, and, and just all right, add, anywho, add one more thing well, on let's, that, let's move it along. There's
0: Nothing that says that that traditional championship, somewhere five, six, seven years down the line, still with the company, he doesn't get a good run. Can we? Look at Kane as a fine example. A 24-hour, not even champ, like not even 24 hours when he first won that title in that first blood match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. It didn't hurt him at all.
1: Not a bit. Not a bit. Like I said, I think people are getting a little spoiled right now to the idea of, well, you got to hold it for, for months and months if you win the title. Not really. Like, yeah, I'm glad that we're not playing hot potato anymore because it was getting frustrating a few years ago. But I'd like a nice middle ground now between hot potato and Bruno San Martino or Hulk Hogan. Um especially after the Roman Reigns era is is complete. All right, let's uh move it along to we're gonna here's where we're gonna talk rest of all. We'll talk Brock here, and then we're gonna talk the Paul Heyman Cody promo and then main event, and then, then, then we'll go to dynamite. Uh, for the sake of time, um, so Brock Lesnar cut a promo. It's uh, making the making the headway, making the headlines because, well, he's obsessed with Bobby Lashley. Turns out, when he goes to bed with his wife Sable, uh, you know, when they turn off the lights and the party's over, and he said, and I quote, four or five hours later, I'm thinking of. Hi, Buster. Hi, Hi, Jason. Um, Hi, Junior. How are you, brother? Looking forward to seeing you Saturday. Um, So, he cut that promo, and again, this just... uh, This is just a Brock Lesnar renewed. This is a Brock Lesnar that enjoys himself. He... He's a great, he might be a better example for modern fans than Sting and Undertaker. It took him a long time how to figure out how to cut a respectable promo, but here we are. Here we are. Thoughts on the promo and thoughts on the match looking like it's going to happen in Elimination Chamber? I am surprised. I thought for sure this match would be happening in WrestleMania. What say you? Because now we're, you know, because usually Brock Lesnar and WrestleMania matches. Are those big long builds that start from Rumble on, and that's and then we finish this thing off at, at Mania, win, lose, draw. Um, w- are you surprised that the match looks like it's going to take place at Elimination Chamber? And what do you think the plan is? Do we still get Lashley, Lesnar somehow at Mania, or are we, or are we getting Lashley against I somebody? I
0: say it's going to be Lashley and somebody else, and Brock and somebody else at WrestleMania, because we definitely don't want to see like. Unless they are beating the shit out of each other and take it to the back and continue to beating the shit out of each other, we don't want this to end in disqualification. We don't want to end in a no contest unless we get what I just described. It has to be somebody else, because if they do this elimination chamber, you really can't turn around and do it again at WrestleMania unless we don't have a winner because they beat the shit out of each other, either in the back or heaven forbid, beat the shit out of each other in the ring and both men go down for 10. We, d- we don't see that enough. We- do we always like it? No, but it's better than, like, countouts, as far as I'm concerned, because they knocked each other the fuck out. So it's got a little bit more believability. And this is what I was referring to earlier. You brought it up in the show. Two guys that traditionally couldn't talk for shit. Hats off to Bobby Lashley, and Brock Lesnar for those promos last night. Those were fantastic. And Bobby even was like, got a little fluttered. Oh, no, that was Damian Priest, never mind. But Bobby got a little flustered. It didn't affect him a bit. Only thing I will say, I was disappointed in the crowd. Very disappointed. They were supposed to chant Lashley, and they wouldn't do it when he was going, Bobby who? Brock tried it, what, four times? And then he was just like, all right, I guess I'll just say Bobby Lashley because you guys aren't getting with the program right now. But it was fantastic. And, I mean, it's the fans, they're fickle anyway. And maybe maybe they didn't realize what Brock was trying to do. In hindsight's 2020, even though I knew what he was trying to do. When it was happening, it didn't take away from the segment that the crowd didn't get involved. I just kind of noticed that. It really felt like Brock was getting them to go Lashley because he was referring to him as Bobby Who and they just didn't get didn't get the memo, I suppose.
1: You can tell that Lashley is becoming similar to McIntyre in the sense of whatever they're talking about backstage, I'm talking about Lashley and Lesnar, Lesnar's starting to believe in Lashley and is trying to get 100%. him over. Because, you know, whatever communication they're having. Uh, because we know full well if Brock Lesnar doesn't want to get you over and doesn't care, he's going to make clear that you know I don't care. Um, he is he is that kind of individual for better or worse. So, you can tell that Lashley is making a proper impression. I like he was disappointed in the crowd because I was like, it's obvious what they're going for here. Play it. because similar to Roman Reigns in some aspects. We're not going to have Brock Lesnar to fall back on forever. I'm surprised we have him this long, to be honest with you, because he, he hates everybody. very clear. <laughs> so, like, we got to figure out a way to build up the next Brock Lesnar. And I know Bash is a little late in the game for it. But, like, we we have to eventually... Serenade somebody that can take that mantle. That doesn't mean that Lesnar's close to retirement. I'm saying we have to be thinking about three or four years down the road whenever he might call it a day. I mean, maybe he hangs on forever and wrestles far longer than he thinks he will. You don't know in this business because Goldberg said he wouldn't and Sting said he wouldn't, and here we are. But we have to think two, three, four, five years down the road what are we going to still be calling in Brock Lesnar? For these matches and how are you going to portray Brock Lesnar if you are because Brock Lesnar can't always be the unbeatable fighting machine even if you're still having him wrestle in four or five years the, there has to be some different development because he's going it's he's doing fine right now don't get me wrong but but if he hangs on long enough and I don't know Brock Lesnar's a different cat you can't predict it he might wrestle another 10 matches. He might wrestle another 10 years. I don't know. He's, a, he's impossible to predict because he's a difficult individual. But assuming even if he's around in this business for another four or five years, even longer, he cannot be portrayed the way he currently is. It's it, Because it will no longer be as believable. We can always stress the fact that that's still Brock Lesnar and he's a fighting machine, just as Mar- if Mark Henry were to step in the ring for AEW next week, we would stress the fact that that's that was at one time the world's strongest man and is still insanely strong. But well, at the same time, we would have to acknowledge he's at a different point in his life. What's my point? My point is, is at some point we've got to prop up a Lashley, a a Gunther, somebody. To be that next Brock Lesnar as Brock Lesnar currently is. Because even if Brock Lesnar is around in five, 10 years in this business, he can't be the unbeatable fighting machine anymore. It won't make any sense. Um, you know, you can say he's still Brock Lesnar, he still has all this, he's still, but you can you would have to do almost what they do with the Undertaker when he wrestles now. We acknowledge how great the Undertaker is, was, and always will be but at the same time, it's respectfully acknowledged that he is long in the tooth and while can still beat almost anybody is beatable now because of that age. And and like, we respectfully acknowledge that in kayfabe now. And at some point we're going to have to get there for Brock and Cena and everybody else. So is this the start of them hopefully trying to build La- Lashley into that next big fighting machine so. for two I mean, or I three think years?
0: He's probably the perfect person to do it just because, you know, maybe he wasn't a champion in UFC, but he's damn near as decorated as Brock is in every combat sport. You take UFC out of the equation and just count championships, they're right there together. So I think it, it makes perfect sense. It's believable. He's just as big as Brock Lesnar maybe two inches shorter, which doesn't fucking matter. He's the perfect guy to fill that void. When Brock finally calls it a day or goes more part-time.
1: Yeah. Again. Uh, and I want people to understand that when they listen to the show, I'm not saying that Brock doesn't won't Russell in five years or 10 years or 20. My point is, is if he is, he can't be portrayed the same way. It, it it can it, it this as as we're portraying him and pretty much, I know he's Cowboy Brock, but still in terms of kayfabe and how he wrestles, he's been portrayed this way since beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. Notice what I just said there, WrestleMania 30. We are going on a decade of this Brock Lesnar. We can't do this Brock Lesnar forever. We can do Brock Lesnar a long, long time. But at some point, we're going to have to somehow, in kayfabe, respectfully acknowledge that he was this, he is this. But just like The Undertaker, the way they respectfully go, he is still The Undertaker, but which Undertaker are we getting? They respectfully acknowledge that. And at some point, we need to be able to tell that story with Brock because even if Brock, for some reason, is wrestling in five to ten years, we owe it to the rest of the crew to be like, you can still have a prominent place, but you're going to take some else. Some l, some moments. You're gonna. It's just the way it is. Like, it, it, so I, I'm just wondering where we're gonna be in two or three years. I know that some people might not want to think about that or feel like, what do you, what do you guys babble on about? Because I, because, and I know you do too, McCarthy. Especially in WWE, I worry about where we're at in two or three years because there's not enough development throughout the roster, top to bottom. There's two, two there's two or three top heavy guys, four or five top heavy guys at tops, and everything else feels so so fluid, if you will, in terms of these are the guys that are going to carry us for two or three years but right now I can't see how we're going to get there once we get past Rowan Range or Brock Lesnar. Where's this business going to be? And you can't put it all on Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes didn't get any younger either. Cody Rhodes has got other goals. Cody Rhodes has got other passions. Cody Rhodes just had a child. Cody Rhodes' body might be breaking down. You don't know. To assume everyone's got 10 to 15 years in them is Frankly, an insult to the guys that do the fit 10 to 15 year runs. There's a reason they're special. It's because you don't see them too often. All right. Speaking of Cody Rhodes, uh Paul Heyman got very personal with Cody Rhodes. We t- we saw last night two masters of their craft cut a promo, and there was this. This is my favorite kind of a promo that work shoot, a little bit of real, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of kayfabe there, there, there's some truth in all of it. Um, I love the call back to the ECW lines and Dusty Rhodes and ECW. And I know a lot of people don't think about his ECW run, but that, that, that year he had an ECW or so, I think it was a little less than that. He was treated like a main event star and like Dusty Rhodes again, And that, that, you know, and go back on Peacock and watch some of that if you, if you if you haven't, because it was it was it was a Dusty Rhodes renewed. Maybe it wasn't the best matches. Maybe it was silly to some extent, but he was treated like who he is, and, and that was Dusty Rhodes. What were your thoughts on this promo? Um, I thought I thought Cody made a made a great. I thought Cody was fantastic in saying, and I know the people. M- We never say this anymore, or I don't know if we ever say a period. I'm just trying to win wrestling titles.
0: Heard anybody say that?
1: Everyone's trying to make a yeah, and everybody's trying to make it personal. I was so blown away because that's so simple yet so true. Because Cody wants to be respectful to Roman Reigns and the great run he's had. Cody wants to be respectful to everybody and to his lineage, to his legacy, to everybody on that roster. And everybody keeps trying to just go too far with it. I appreciated the simplicity of him just saying that, because sometimes you talk about not reinventing the wheel. That was not reinventing the wheel. Let's just come out and say what this is. They're just wrestling titles. And why are you going this far? What did you think of I all this? Mister This was
0: utterly fantastic. I think I've watched it three times.
1: I loved it so much.
0: I have some clips. For the listening audience, just of the end. They're not long, but I think it just puts the whole promo together. So I'm going to play Heyman right now. You, Cody,
1: were his favorite son. But Roman Reigns was the son he always
0: wanted. Hurtful words by Paul Heyman. And because, like I said, I loved this promo segment. I got Cody's response too. I really went all out with this one, man. I loved it too much.
1: You know, I'm just trying to win a wrestling championship. And everybody, everybody wants to make it personal. And that's what you just did. And you're not going to pay for it, Mr. Heyman. Your boy, Roman Reigns,
0: is going to pay for it at WrestleMania when I take those titles personally. Just fantastic work all the way around. I have never once have I done that for anyone other than Chris Jericho on this show. I have that gift of Jericho button on here but never have I cut, you know, recorded and put into our show any parts of promos lately, if ever. That was just so good that I I couldn't not. I mean, it was like nine minutes, so I couldn't do the whole thing. So I'm like, yeah, let's just get Heyman and Cody at the end and see how it goes. Just as poignant and powerful with just those two lines from both those guys as it was last night. It was amazing.
1: And I loved that through even the toughest of, of circumstances that Paul Heyman was putting Cody Rhodes in, they kept a begrudging respect with each character. Yeah, they
0: did. I mean, Cody shook his damn hand.
1: Like, and because it, I, sometimes I think we forget just everything Paul Heyman's done in this business, it's impossible to, to not respect him you know he gave the island of misfit toys relevancy in terms of of you know there's there's icons that we would not know without paul heyman would anybody know who sabu is or sandman is or would anybody know who tommy dreamer tommy dreamer wouldn't be on impact wrestling right now without having met and and been taken under the wing Paul Heyman now in that same breath for anyone that ever listens to this show and goes yeah but he did a lot of I'm not saying that Paul Heyman didn't do a lot of things wrong and he screwed over a lot of people including all of those names I just mentioned but in the same breath we have to talk about the fact that without him again especially in Tommy Dreamer's case Tommy is still parlaying that into an active wrestling career no no, no, no offense to what Tommy Dreamer's done outside of ECW he's he, but Tommy Dreamer is ECW and that he could he could headline the next 10 WrestleManias and that wouldn't change he is ECW every time you see him i don't care if he works for impact until he's in the grave you're not ever going to not look at Tommy Dreamer and not think ECW you're not ever going to look at Sabu and not think ECW or Sandman or Shane Douglas or To a lesser extent, Rob Van Dam, because he did have a lot of success outside of ECW. But even that is not possible without his ECW stint, without without Paul giving him that well, shot.
0: We can look at it this way, too. Yeah, I was just going to mention Stone Cold Steve Austin. They were not there very long, but they were there long enough to parlay another job. I mean, Austin took the real-life stuff between him and Bischoff. Made a name for himself in ECW and he's in the big old E in like less than a year. Jericho, mm-hmm. very similar, was working New Japan, got into ECW, got a shot in WCW. It's there's a lot of first ballot Hall of Famers for lack of a better term, that whether it was six months to a year spent in ECW, we never would have they probably never would have made it. Rob I think Rob Van Dam's the perfect example But also, Jericho's first American TV chance was ECW. Stone Cold was bitter Mm -hmm. as shit with this business after what went down with him and Bischoff and him getting his papers mailed to him instead of having a conversation. He was able to use that vitriol and anger to really make an impact in ECW, and now it's fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: And and that's what Heyman was so good at is that he could tap in to what is bothering you about this business. What don't you like, you know, what, what, what is eating at your crawl essentially? Because I mean, frankly, unless you're a diehard ECW fan like me, when you think Shane Douglas, you think of the Ric Flair promos because it aided him at the way he thought Ric Flair treated people, including himself. And so that I'm talking about, that's Shane Douglas's legacy to non ECW and Shane Douglas fans is that he was able to call out Ric Flair and other legends for what he felt was their hypocrisy. Let's also not forget to many people, he gave Terry Funk a lease, a new lease on life to when we think Terry Funk, our generation, that's what we think of. Forget about the catch as catch can NWA world champion, because he was that as well. But to a more modern day fan, we think what made Terry Funk the hardcore legend is that four or five year run in the upstart ECW. I mean, again, we, yes, Paul Heyman, like everybody else, like Vince McMahon, like Eric Bischoff, especially in this business, we have to mention the good and the bad. But sometimes I feel like we almost forget subconsciously just how big of an impact he's had on this business as a whole. Um, and you're still seeing it to this day uh, in in almost every company. It, it's really incredible. I mean, frankly, let's be honest we're seeing an Aew even. The FTW championship is, you know, yes, it was Taz, but I mean it's a Paul Heyman sanctioned idea. There is not a company on television that you don't see some fingerprint of Paul Heyman, and that's incredible. You know what should be. That's a Paul incredible
0: Heyman idea. Go into w.gg.com and use that code bruiser nation at the bottom of your screen for 10% off of every order.
1: And I'm sure he's getting right on that. All right, let's move to, uh, do you want, want to talk to me or you want to go right into it done? It's-
0: um, we can talk real quick. Great cage match, everything we expect from Bailey and Becky. But to have Lita show up and hopefully Trish shortly for them to have a nice little six-woman tag match at Elimination Chamber leading to Bailey wrestling her idol Lita at WrestleMania, I'm all for it.
1: Yeah, that could be that could be a banger. I agree. All right, let's let's talk dynamite. John Moxley defeated Hangman Adam Page. What were your thoughts banger? on this? Just
0: one. just like we expected from their past matchups, and it, it leaves room because he rolled them up, didn't he? It leaves room for another yep. one, and I'm not going to complain if we get a four. Those two mesh really well together now. Do I want to see a four at Revolution? No, that's too soon. However, this is a well we can always go back to if if necessary someone gets hurt or what have you. This is a well we can tap back into and I don't think anyone would bat an eye. I thought this was fantastic.
1: Look, um I, I agree there's when you have John Moxley and Heyman Adam Pedro on your roster, there's no reason not to go back to that well several times. Again, you don't want to go right back to it. But it's also it can be a tried and true, reliable feud that everybody I think wants this to is see their here. And, Austin and, Ron. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I don't see why, especially you know, with with so much uncertainty of you know the CM Punk situation and how that's going to play out. Like, you don't get any bigger than that right now. You, you don't, and so use use it sparingly, but also don't be afraid to use it. It's a, it's a fine line. Uh, the, acclaimed, the acclaimed defeated unnamed opponents. What's the point? You're tag yeah. team champions.
0: Why are you having squash matches? I don't, get, I don't yep. understand. I, I don't
1: understand that at
0: all. It, it's back to that whole thing we talked about last week. You're doing heel things. Heel, cha- heel champions Why? have squash matches. Not babyface champions. It just doesn't make sense. And sure, they're trying to do something different or whatever, but this is instead of doing something different two weeks in a row you are reinventing the wheel with the acclaimed and it doesn't make sense
1: yeah and you're devaluing them you don't need to have, you don't need to have your tag champions no. in a squash match to, to see this i'm fine with the champions being on TV every week but to wrestle needs to be a special occurrence needs to be a reason needs to have a purpose it,
0: i mean even if it was like an established tag team and it went for 10 minutes. That still means something because, you know, AEW, they can just throw a limited or matchup on it and say if, they, if if this team wins, they get a title shot. I mean, it's not that hard. It makes more sense to do that than to sit here and wrestle local talent. It makes no. I mean, good on them. I mean, they were kind of old, I felt like. Not that that's an issue, but it was like, holy crap. Probably local guys from Dayton. So awesome. They got some TV time, but they could have been on you know, against a heel tag team. And I think it would have gone over way better.
1: I I just didn't understand at all why we're, again, kind of devaluing the tag champs in my view. You're the tag champions. How would you even, how are you, as an an unnamed, you know, enhancement talent, some people call it, let's call it what it is, job squad it 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 needs to be some prestige to get in the ring with the tag tag champs. That's not your average match. I I don't get it. I don't. But that's just my my take. Uh Takesha de- defeated Brian Cage. Um Brian Cage a guy with his his contract coming up soon. I really 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 hope that the Brian Cage gets renewed by Tony Khan, especially as we head into this new era of of Honor. I think it would be a mistake by Tony Khan to not re-up Brian Cage. Brian Cage needs re-upped in a hurry because we're heading into a new era with of Honor, and Brian Cage can play a key cog in that. Um, What do you think of Brian Cage's match? And don't you agree or, or do you not? It's okay if you don't, but I think Brian Cage needs to be re-upped in a hurry. We know his contract is come and do soon. I think he can play a key cog in this new Ring of Honor we're about to see here, here at the end of the month I or early next. It
0: was, was it last week? I said there's something wrong if Tony Khan does not facilitate a contract very quickly. So I'm 100% on the boat with that. Imagine the feud he could that match was amazing. Those two have never wrestled before. So, and Brian Cage does that a lot. He has good chemistry with a lot of guys because of everything he can do. Not only can he, like, pick anybody up and do what he wants with them, but he can move around the ring. He can catch his catch can. He can fly around if he wants to. Like, there's so much value in Brian Cage. I can just see him wrestling and defeating Claudio for the Ring of Honor Championship. But if Tony doesn't turn this around and make it for sure that he's going to sign a contract, that's a problem.
1: Well, because let's be honest, I think Brian Cage, in terms of athleticism, is what they want Keith yeah, Lee to be. I'd,
0: I'd have to agree with that.
1: The Brian Cage can Brian Cage can shrink himself down to work any style. He can bring himself up to work any style. Kind of similar to what I was talking about with Baron Corbin in the sense that there's nothing he can't kind of get in there and deal with and do, and it can be believable. He needs to be a key cog in this new ring of honor, whether that's as a tag team for a little while, if you want to slow build that to, I I can respect that. I'm not upset at that. It doesn't need to be right now, but he needs to be a key cog in what is going to be this new ring of honor that we're hopefully going to see at the uh, beginning at the end of the month or early March, there's, there's growing rumors of, of when those TV tapings are going to happen. Come on. Um, and so uh, more time for more people is a great what thing. People cannot House wait. Uh, but yeah, Brian Cage has got to be. it got to be. I think it's great. I love it. I love it. That's because that's, mm-hmm. that's more reps for the guys. That's more, that's more reps. That's these green guys that people go, well, they can't like, I I'm all, I I get all over Jay Cargill. Uh, Even though she's improved greatly over 50 and a streak. showed herself greatly. Uh, I was impressed this week, but those, those guys and gals like, like Jay Cargill or a Brock Anderson, or maybe a Brian Pillman Jr. And, and frankly, maybe that's a spot that even vets like Lance Archer can, can be used here and there and just get more work period. Because these guys like Archer and Jake and, and countless others that are on this roster and getting the mailbox money but aren't being used, the more shows you work, the more, the more you need. And so I'm so happy with that. I'm hoping this, maybe not the rigors of a WWE schedule because I know that's one of the perks of AEW, but I'm hopeful for one or two house shows a week because that's more reps that's more chances for people to see them in different markets. I mean, Troy, Ohio is getting the first house show. That's no. a market that would not be hit, and that, that's that's amazing. That and I'm not knocking any pro wrestling that comes to that area. I know that we'll be uh, we'll be in Dalton that night, as 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 luck would have it. whereas so, else hey, like, I'm probably looking to get tickets. Not going to lie to
0: you. Throw a couple guys our way. It's for a good cause: autism yeah. awareness. So, you know, Tony Khan, if you happen to hear any clips of the show, hopefully it's this one, send some guys over our way. Now, we can't pay. We can't pay them. It would be really nice if you did. But, like, just to get eyeballs on this fantastic show coming up March 18th in Dalton, Ohio. All proceeds go to Autism Awareness. I can't really think of a better cause, especially since they are very on the autism Spectrum tip: They they have the sensory headphones Mm -hmm. and rooms you can take your kids to if it gets to be too much for them. This would be a perfect thing if they just kind of showed up real quick and said hello or something. That that would really show how absolutely about
1: Uh, your
0: the fight for autism. I guess that's how you say it. I mean, I don't think there's a cure for it. I don't know, but
1: but just more funding and research and and. And to and just because, well, frankly, life is for everyone, but especially wrestling is for everyone. We need to make a way where people that have special needs like myself can go to a show and be comfortable, whatever that may be, whether that's handicapped seats, whether that's sensory areas, no matter what it is. uh, You know, I and I have personal experience with all this. I don't think she would mind me saying this at all. Um, Peyton is is on the spectrum you wouldn't you wouldn't know it but she is like so i understand to uh, to a great extent of how how important this cause well, is and, and, and i won't name i won't acceptance. name
0: names because they're kids two of Jason's closest friends are on the spectrum mm-hmm. they are fantastic can you tell sometimes when they talk about weird stuff sure they're fantastic kids they i'll be honest they're two of the three favorite friends of mine that Jason has.
1: And, and, and they're, and they're better people than me. And so, and, um, look, it, so no, this is an important cause come out and support it. Um, get your tickets at ASW Uh, old school legend, Barry Horowitz will be there. Eric Redbeard, Eric Rowan to, to those in, uh, more WWE circles going to be there. Just a great, great cause, you know, Fulton's gonna be back out there. They're they're doing the this uh you know six nine oh so fine. Marcus Scott's gonna be out there. It's just gonna be a great they great a event. With Come man? on out, yeah, yeah. It's oh, gonna that's be gonna sweet. be a that's gonna. I want to reinforce the ring on that one. But it's gonna be a great cause. And but that's so yeah, absolutely. Wrestling is for everybody, and so it doesn't matter what your limitations are. Doesn't matter what your religion is. Doesn't matter what your politics are. Pro wrestling is is everybody, and and so come on out, have a good time, because you know this business needs you. This business needs everybody. We got to we got to grow this thing, and so come on out, have a good time, and 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 I love that that AEW is taking uh, the lead on again making it more accessible for everybody because there are like as somebody with special needs, it's so frustrating. Like I can, I, you know, maybe I wait too long to buy tickets to a show and there's no handicapped seats left. And people can say, well, you got to buy them sooner. Well, as a handicapped individual, I shouldn't, there should not ever not be an option if I have the money to purchase my ticket before the show. Like I'm not, you know, why should I have to hurry just because of my limitations? You don't know where, where else my money might have to go that month or that week or whatever it may be. And so that's, that's always, and so I'm glad that AEW is taking the lead on people with special needs as a whole, but certainly, um, autism awareness. And I, I'm so proud of that because wrestling is for everybody and we need to, I, to be I sure that. I do believe we have. Um, All right. Uh, let's Woods talk more.
0: Thank for that. I do believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, say what you want about her wrestling career or or, or her creative abilities on air. Brandi Rhodes is a fine human being. Uh, you know, she's a she's a wonderful, wonderful human being that I believe that AEW misses in some ways in terms of being, uh, you know, in, mm-hmm. in some of those brand aspects, you know, kind of playing that Stephanie McMahon role. And, um, you know, because she's a charismatic individual who also happens to be a woman of color. There's, there is, there's, there's aspects where Brandy Rhodes is missed in AEW and could be underutilized in WWE if she, if, if those things aren't put to the forefront as well. Um, but yeah, I love house rules because you need, you need more reps. You, you need more time for, for especially the green guys. But again, so many of these guys that are a little longer than the tooth, like Lance Archer are on the payroll. They're not doing anything. And even if you're working just house shows, yep. that's still something. Because it might, maybe it goes well, too, because we've seen this before. Try try something out at a WWE house show. It goes really well for a few nights. And then they try it out on TV. So I, I, love, I love the house rules announcement. I hope there's more and more of that. And I love the smaller market like Troy, Ohio, is getting a big-time show to come. I mean, to see... Not knocking any other wrestling that comes, you know. Go support your local indie fed. Always support the ASWA. Support everybody. But to see bona fide, legitimate television stars come to a small market, it means more than I think a lot of people realize. Because there are people in that area that will spend probably more than they should, so they can see, you know, John Moxley's coming to town where MJF is going to come to town or Kenny Omega is going to come to town and i mean there there might be a couple of hungry evenings even because of that but that's how special it can be to some of us um so i'm very excited about that all right Brian Danielson pinned Timothy Thatcher oh so great to Timothy see him on Thatcher. television again uh you know he's been in Pro and Noah i saw him uh during the Great Movers uh final bye-bye match uh, Jim is gonna wrestle actually one more time February 21st. That's gonna be interesting. Yeah, well, he's planning he to is. wrestle anyway. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, old, old, old school, baby. Old school. If this go, is my last match. I go mean, on. even not old
0: school. Let's look at Cody, crazy bastard.
1: Yep, yep, dude. What'd you think of this match? Dude.
0: This is the things that I love in pro wrestling. Sure, I love the pomp circumstance and the fantastic promos. But when you get down to the nitty gritty, you know I'm a work rate guy. So I was glued to the television for this one. I didn't even like, because sometimes during wrestling, I will pull up my Spectrum app on my phone, throw in my Raycons, and go outside and have a cigarette. I'm not missing anything, but I'm not as focused. Oh, there was none of that in this. None of that in this. It was fan-freaking- Fantastic. and hopefully Thatcher is on our television a little bit more. Like, Of course, like you said, he isn't Noah, so he's going to be busy. But I think a, a one-off every so often, maybe we see him at Forbidden Door.
1: Well, I'm hoping that the 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 great Muda's final bye-bye, maybe that was a, the beginning of a working relationship with AEW and Pro Wrestling Noah, because again, Sting and Darby Allen go over to help out Muda and have that last Muda match. Um, now Timothy Thatcher over here back in the uh, back in the states, you know maybe it would be great to to have. I mean, I know that he's not going to wrestle anymore, but but I mean a pop in by the great Muda or Kenji Moto at Forbidden Door. I mean you can find the right angle for it, especially if like Sting is on that card, and you know we'll see what happens with Forbidden Door. Um, uh, for the sake of time uh, purposes, Jay Cargill defeated Red Velvet to go fifty 0 um, I've been very critical of Red Velvet, but she is improving and continue to prove that in spades this week. Let me go ahead and give her the come up. It's, I know sometimes I get a little carried away, especially kind of you know, playing that Loganity role on on Jay Cargill, but she is obviously busting her, her her tail to get better and it's starting to really show. And hats off to, to Red Velvet for making it happen. You know, she's very oh, criminally yeah. underrated, probably. In terms of her talent, and she's got the she's she's a little small, but she's got the look, she's got the skill. Again, maybe maybe not a long run, but as a transition champ for the women's championship or the or the TBS championship, I think I think I think they should pull the trigger on that at some point. Uh, Any comment you want to make on that quickly before we get to the the main event? Even
0: from because we've seen gradual Jade get better and better, but you could see improvement from last, from two weeks ago to last week. And I'm sure a big part of that is Red Velvet being her dance partner. They know each other very well. They had a feud when Jade was first coming in. so it, And those two just continue to keep getting better. And I, I think she's the one to beat Jade. It, it, I think it tells the best story. They have all that history. And for anybody out there listening that hates Red Velvet's name, Her name is Red Velvet because she always asked her mom as a child to make her Red Velvet cake. There's emotional attachment to her name. So anyone that hates it, I don't know if people do, but I just want to say that because I'm a fan of Red Velvet, that there is a reason why she is called Red Velvet. That's why she does the thing, the mix when she comes out, because her mom used to always make her Red
1: Velvet cake. Absolutely. All right, and finally to the main event, Samoa Joe defeated Darby Allen to win the TNT Championship. But why? But why? And I and I know McCarthy. I know the reports that Darby's going to take a little time and and do some movies things. So that, of course, leads to the question. You know what's coming from me? With Darby Allen going uh, to co- to fit into the theme in the last few minutes. Bye bye. Uh, <laughs> for a little bit. What are, we do- what are we doing with the Icon Sting? Uh, is he bye-bye too? What's what's going on there? And what do you think of Samoa Joe being – I thought we could have put it on somebody else, not Joe, because we just had him be the champ. And plus, he needs to be focused on the Ring of Honor side of things. I, I just – I thought wrong call all the way around. Nothing against Joe. I'm a big Joe fan. Looking forward to seeing him on the Ring of Honor weekly television product. But I thought wrong call – to have him be the guy to take it off Darby if Darby is truly going to step away for a couple weeks or months or whatever it is because he needs to be focused on Ring of Honor and that's where he's going to be needed because he's a legitimate name in this business, number one. Number two, he's a Ring of Honor legend. And what are we doing with Sting? So a lot to unpack there to go with. So I have
0: no idea what they're going to be doing with Sting. I haven't the, the faintest idea. I don't know where he would fit. I don't think just because Darby's not on TV that Sting shouldn't be around a little bit. I mean, it's Sting. Can we do it without Shivani going, it's Sting again? I'm not going to try to duplicate it the way he says it, but that's kind of gotten burned out. But I don't know. I don't know what to do with Sting right now. He's been so tied to Darby ever since he came in. I don't know where where else he'll fit. Somebody young, obviously, I Maybe a Brian Pillman could use some of his help. I don't know. Now I'm just grasping at straws. As far as the match goes, fan-freaking-tastic. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Darby. Didn't I just yell at you? Didn't I just yell at you (laughs) for doing a coffin drop out to the floor knowing that this guy's not going to stop you. He's just going to move. Well, this is a very similar situation. Let me just remove all the padding expose the 2 by 4s and let Samoa Joe muscle bust me off the turnbuckle. Now, Joe, it hurt, crazy. it hurt Joe just as much, but damn, guys, like, the dedication to their craft is crazy. It's crazy. And, but, and, and on the same coin to kind of piggyback off of what you said, where maybe Joe wasn't the best choice, but I don't know who else could beat Darby. Who else does that mean on that roster? Moxley's not even that mean. And Moxley's mean. Joe's the meanest dude uh, on the roster.
1: You would have needed more time to build it, no doubt. But Lance Archer could do it for a transition run. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. A transition run. I don't even think you give it to him for, if you're going to go put a belt on Lance Archer, you keep it on him for a couple of months. He doesn't need to be a transitional champion
1: because Lance Archer's character is mean. And if he's still working with Jake, we don't know the status of that, but if you're still working with Jake in Kayfabe, because they've never really broken up, then certainly Jake, Jake Roberts character is mean enough to do that because well, Jake Roberts and Kayfabe is a sick, sick man. Um, there's nothing he won't do. um, so I just thought, I know it would take a, take a little bit of, you know, a little bit of creativity and reinventing a wheel to get it on somebody not named Joe, but it's just a matter of, since we're getting close apparently to the official return of Ring of Honor as a television product, I feel like Joe would be better used there. But maybe they'll find a way to do both quite comfortably. I have no idea. So uh, we'll see how that goes. With that, it's time to run the ropes and get out of here.
0: And I'll throw the graphic in and post. We're so close to time. I'm not even going to push it.
1: That's, a, that's all right. Sorry, we get long-winded and going. All right. <clears throat> Trinity fought to changed her Instagram bio to, to read just Trinity without any references in her time in WWE as Naomi. Leading to speculation, she has no plans to return to WWE at this time. What do you think is going on, Naomi? Do we see her back in WWE? Uh, before she appears for somebody else or not, as we know, Sasha Banks is now in New Japan and Stardom as Mercedes Monet, and you know she's going to do uh, uh, Battle in the Valley, I believe that's what it's called. Uh, you know, and she's she's going for the championship. What's what? What do you think happens to Naomi? Is she is she done in WWE for now? Do we see her back under the Triple H regime? W- what's your thought?
0: I think it's sixty forty. I think she tests the waters somewhere else. Like maybe not even like AEW or New Japan or Pro Wrestling Noah, but m- maybe she goes back to like some indie dates. I do think that eventually she comes back to WWE, especially if Triple H is in charge. But it's also timing. Like it really seems like the bloodline is going to end, so she's not going to fit in there but it's it all comes down to timing but just like we always say in pro wrestling never say never she'll be back in the big old e but i think she's going to do one or two little runs on the bigger independent circuit
1: all right well we'll see what happens we'll keep you updated right down to the turnbuckle Pepsi's sponsorship of the Royal Rumble Mountain Dew pitch black match was reportedly reportedly Dave Muncher said a million dollar deal. I've heard at least $1 million. And that is why we saw that and probably will continue to see that. What do you, you know, obviously good for the company, good money, whatever. But do you feel like these matches kind of hurt the product overall? I do because it just gets a little too hokey and a little fanatical for my taste. Uh, I like, I just can't see the undertaker in a, in a pitch black match sponsored by Mountain Dew. It just takes away like there's a seriousness, a reverence that needs to come with a Bray Wyatt character. I think with as much as with as much hype as we put on him, I think it undermines the credibility of that character to be, you know, shelling out Purple Mountain Dews for a month. What do you think? I mean, I kind of agree with you. Like you can't
0: do the pitch black match again. It's been done. So the next sponsor has to think of something else. I It's hard to say no to a million dollars. I mean, I've never had the opportunity to say yes or no to a million dollars. Looking forward to it, baby. Looking forward to it. That would be a hard thing to say no to, so I totally understand why they're doing it. I just think that basing a match around a sponsor is iffy. Remember the pandemic era? Didn't we have a movie that Batista was in? That sponsored some stuff, that got yeah. the Miz eaten alive and by zombies, and nobody and course, was entertained uh, by uh, it.
1: Of, of, of course, Vince's golden egg uh, thanks to the Rocks movie from Netflix, starting the Austin Theory Vince McMahon partnership. Um, because he just brought a giant egg to Survivor Series and then it was stolen, and he got mad at Sam Zayn because nobody likes a snitch. Um. <coughs> So, but, uh, you know, I guess that parlayed into a good story that that really set Austin Theory onto the catalyst of what he is now. But yeah, that's it. But it was a hokey beginning. Let's, we can, we can all agree with that. The only reason I even enjoyed it is because it was Vince McMahon back on TV, even as ridiculous as it was, who stole my golden egg? Uh, it, 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 I mean, that's, that's going to live in, I mean, that's on Peacock, forever. folks, forever. Um, uh, how did the Austin Theory and Mr. Man partnership begin? Because Austin Theory stole his big golden egg.
0: Like, I don't think, I don't think sponsors are a bad thing. I just don't think they should base matches around the sponsorships. It, it's, it's a very slippery slope. If you're, Because they're spending all this money. It's kind of like Saudi. All this money that they're spending, they're going to have a say. And what goes down right. and how this is portrayed. And I don't, I think that is detrimental to the business. Now, sell all the apron stuff you want, throw their logo on the wrestling mat. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But, I, don't
1: care. I mean, that's, that's where you should, that's where they should make their money. And like that way it doesn't get in the way of the yeah. actual product. But yeah. Uh, that's just my. Opinion. I mean, for years, uh, not so much lately, but for years, TNA Impact had their 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 mat was loaded with with sponsors. Uh, New Japan, their mat is loaded with with sponsors. Like it, it's it's not that difficult, uh, you know. I'm. It's still a wrestling ring. It's and just got to take a step that.
0: and throw it on eBay <laughs> and make more money. Because yep, there, you know Conrad Thompson, one of having like six of them if they do it.
1: Yeah, looking forward to uh, you know he slammed in the the, uh, the steel studs. Oh, brought to you by Home Depot. Great. That's going to be great. Um, uh, according to CNBC, again an NBC News affiliate, Vince McMahon's potential and infu- potential future involvement with WWE is a sticking point with multiple buyers in early negotiations for a sell of the company. So I want your thoughts on this. I know we're running a little over, just a hair. But Nick Kahn this week said that Vince McMahon would gladly step down again if it was best interest to the shareholders. Do you buy that, or do you believe, like I believe, I believe firmly that Vince will just find somebody that is willing to let him have his part? In, in, because I, I'm sorry, I don't think a man that just strong-armed his way Back and potential and and just risk le- potential legal exposure is going to just yeah that's fine go ahead I'm I'm back in retirement like then why would you do all this when the board said we'll work with you we just don't want to reinstate you and he felt the need to go with option B which is option nuclear um, so uh, do you buy number one Nick Con saying the events would gladly kind of step aside if it it got in the way of 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 shareholder value. And or are you like me and think that he'll just find somebody like the Saudis, perhaps, that don't care if he has a future? So as Henry far company. as what like say you?
0: stockholders go, Vince will never step down for the betterment of the stockholders. However, so Nick Khan I mean, is a liar, a liar in your opinion. Liar. Stretch the truth a little bit, but because but, maybe this is Nick Khan's opinion. He may not have had this conversation with Vince, so I can't be like, yeah, he lied about it. Maybe this is what he feels, because I'm kind of on that tip too. Like, If it's still like owned the same way as it is right now, I don't see Vince taking that back step to get out. If you sell it, though, I'm sorry. I'm not buying if you're there. I'm not, and it has nothing to do with Vince McMahon. Absolutely nothing to do with Vince McMahon, what he did, what he didn't do. It has to do with, if I'm spending this much money on a company that I'm buying, either I'm running it or people that I choose are running it. If I give you a check for billions of dollars, this is no longer your company. Period. You're, because, because he would have to Whoa, sell, do, sell some do. of his stock options too it's a whole thing. Like, so it, it would, right that would be a sticking point for me. If, if I would have the ability to buy oh. WWE, I'm sorry. No, you're not running things. This is my company now.
1: Well, do you agree that, cause I can totally understand that, but do you agree that there are, there would be buyers out there that are willing to still work with him? Because I mean, frankly, UFC's parent company uh, is still willing to work with Dana White after, you know, some controversies over the years and his most recent one with he slaps his wife in public. And, and I know some people don't like the slap fight thing. I get it, It's dangerous. They know what they're signing up for. I think it's kind of fun to look at <laughs> honest with you. Um, um, but do you think there's buyers out there like that? Like, uh, I believe it's Indovir is their name is the UFC's parent company that might be willing to go, uh, you know, yeah, Vince go ahead and run it because you know, wrestling better than we do anyway or especially, I think the Saudis would be open to Vince having a, a large say. And do you think that Vince will focus on that type of buyer instead of, say, maybe a Netflix doesn't want to risk their brand working with Vince McMahon, especially this soon after these major allegations?
0: If he what
1: do you think on that? narrows
0: it down to people that are going to still let him in, be involved, I'm sorry, that's stupid and short-sighted. If you are really trying to sell the company for real, then you can't think that way. You can't. There's not a business in this country world that I would buy and keep the old CEO. Do you keep them, maybe if it's the Saudis or someone that doesn't know wrestling like a Netflix, do you keep them for a little bit to... Facilitate the sale, facilitate the turnover, facilitate how wrestling is supposed to go. That's fine. That's a smart decision. But you have to put a time limit on that. Because I'm not. I'm not. Because if I'm buying well. something, it's mine. I'm not going to have you over here tearing well. up scripts two hours before the show goes live. No, it's mine. And if if Vince is around, he's but, not going to listen to somebody telling him not to do things. It's Vince McMahon.
1: But here here's my here's my true rebuttal of that, and it's not I'm, I'm I'm not trying to like defend my way into to. I'm doing this based on what I think is logic, not not my own fandom. If you are Vince McMahon, because you're right, that's not very logical. But from Vince McMahon's perspective, then why the hell did I just stroll on my way back into this thing anyway? Because they literally said, the board literally said, we will work with you on a sale that you can pretty much, mm-hmm. you saw the letter I sent it to the chat, the letter pretty much says, yes, you can do everything you essentially want to do without being officially reinstated. That's it. And that wasn't good enough for him. So from his perspective, you're right. It, it isn't like logical business-wise, but from his perspective, nothing he's done lately has been logical business-wise in terms of helping the company. It's all been to to It feels like a billionaire's ego trip. So I just feel like it would be a weird about face to be like, yeah, I'm cool with stepping down after I literally, you know, I, I I risked legal exposure as we found out. We'll see what happens. I, You know, I'm not pretending to be a lawyer. And very likely alienated his relationship to some degree with his own daughter because of his strong arm play back to the top. He literally the day of her resignation was reinstated as chairman of the board. So do you understand why I think it's unlikely that he will sell to a buyer that says, no, you can't be involved? I still think the most likely outcome is either, I think it's still the Saudis. That's my opinion. I think they're very close to a deal within the next three or four months. I can I can approve that? Do I have anything to back that up? No, I just believe when there's smoke, there's fire, and they would let Vince strap a deer to the front of a truck and whatever. Uh <laughs> and number two, if that didn't happen, I think he finds some sort of buyer to take it private and then he runs the whole thing anyway, and then we don't ha- we don't have all this access. So would you agree that from Vince's perspective, it feels weird that he would be so like that he would limit it? Because I get your point. I don't believe this man is just there to facilitate as hell. I think he's there to facilitate more. Because if you're just there to facilitate as hell, why in the world did you go Um, nuclear? Because he's
0: spiteful as hell. I don't even think it was ego that made him go nuclear. He's spiteful. They made him leave. technically. They highly suggested that he step down. And then nothing came of it. So he was spiteful as hell.
1: So you're right. I think he's a spiteful, vindictive, angry individual. And so what is that spiteful, vindictive, angry individual going to do in my view? I think he's going to sell it to somebody that lets him pretty much run it as he wants and goes, look, I'm back with my toys. We'll oh, see what yeah, happens, totally but can you it. understand my logic? I can understand yeah, yours. Do you get why, you feel you get why I feel it, that it, way? When you're talking
0: about Vince McMahon, you have to look at both ends of that. You have to look at both sides. Yeah, you because don't know he's what just so he's just so on.
1: Do. I mean, this Uh, because i don't know if he knows this is a man that doesn't understand that he hates sneezing because it's involuntary he gets mad at himself when he sneezes because he couldn't control it that's why he hates it both jim cornett and paul Heyman have that theory and they don't agree on anything other than that is they both agree the reason vince hates sneezing is because he can't control it that's the kind of man we're working with here. All right, let's wrap it up. Ring talent have been told Ring Honor will begin taping the weekly show during the final week of February, according to Fightful Select. The tapings will take place in Orlando, Florida. Hello, Impact Zone, and will likely kick off the bill for Supercard of Honor. Um, do you believe? Do you believe those rumors that we're getting close to some official new I think TV so. taping?
0: Mean, you know, they announced the streaming service, so you gotta eventually get something on that streaming service. I just hope it's not always in Orlando. I think when the weather is nice, and as someone who has been there, Daly's Place is fantastic for pro wrestling. I think it would really give Ring of Honor a a different look. Because, I mean, we haven't really seen Daly's Place as wrestling fans since the pandemic. Now we can see it completely differently, packed to the brim, and I think that would be a really good choice. Plus, I know Tony Khan ain't hurting for money, but it's a lot cheaper to run in something than you, that you own as opposed to renting out a space in Orlando.
1: Yeah. What, you know, one of those sound stages, those, you know, that's usually it was sound. It was, it was somewhere between sound stage 19 and 21. Usually it was 21. That was the impact zone. Sometimes it was 19 and 20. Uh, if you, for you old school listeners of, of the old school impact days, so I'll let you know if that ends up happening. Personally, what I would like to see is, I think, for the winter, in the spring months perhaps, you you do kind of find a venue and almost do a residency like that. But then during the summer months here where the weather's good almost everywhere, all the time, nice and hot and sticky and swampy, um, you should go around to, to these different markets, because, and you should go around to those smaller markets like Troy, Ohio, and book tapings and, and do tapings there or some local venue near us here in central Ohio to do tapings. And again, that brings a level of prominent big-time wrestling, not cutting on any indie that runs shows. But let's be honest, Ring of Honor's got bigger brand awareness to a, a smaller market. You tape, you know, three, four, five weeks of TV in bulk, do that throughout the summer. And then as the winter months come back up, that's where you kind of pick and choose your spots again and maybe down South almost do it. Like, I don't know, like NASCAR does NASCAR, when the weather's bad, yeah. most of the races are out West because out West, the weather's good. And so it, you know, you avoid that most of that rain and all that, you know, the potential snow and the whole nine. Yeah. So I'd like to see them hop around and do kind of bulk tapings like impact used to do without just the sound soundstage. You know, I, I know that that might cost some overhead but Tony and his father have got a bankroll backload of money until we can re- really... Because yeah, you're yeah. building Ring of Honor from the ground up. I mean, yes, you have the name, but similar to Billy Corgan and the NWA, other than the name, you don't have much. Like, yeah, you have the, the stars that, that people know Ring of Honor for, but it's been a long time since they've been associated with Ring of Honor, and it's been a long time since Ring of Honor has been a truly prominent brand, not knocking what Ring of Honor has done but they've been off TV for the better part of two years since the pandemic and Sinclair cut them loose. And that was TV late at night, usually. So just things to think about. And finally, Wrestling Observer's uh, Dave Meltzer was told that Triple H and Vince McMahon, for that matter, doesn't see Sami Zayn as a WrestleMania main event or face a WWE. What do you make of that?
0: With Vince McMahon, I don't with Triple H, because why in the hell would he have ever put the NXT championship on him if he, didn't think, if he thought that way? What's the point? Because it's, it wouldn't be something new if Triple H thought this. It, it's not news. I mean, it's news if Triple H thinks this, but it's not new news because this is something Triple H would have thought of eight years ago. Yeah, so I mean... Yeah, and, when I, he was running I, NXT. I, Tri, Vince McMahon definitely doesn't. He doesn't fit the mold. Triple H has shown that he's willing to break that mold. And like I said, my, my only defense of that is he was NXT champion for a while. You did know, And that was when NXT was we'll, being we'll built. We'll see if, too. again... You don't give somebody that you don't think can be a top-tier star the title when you're trying to build a promotion. Because, yeah, they had the WWE behind them, but they were still trying to build it as its own little thing.
1: Right. And, again, you have to remember that just because someone isn't the face of the company, again, this seems to be the theme of the week, which we should change the episode title, Transition champions aren't a bad thing. Quick little small runs for two, three months. Nothing wrong with that, in my view. Um, But with that, we're running a little over. So we got to go. Carthy, any final words before we head on out? Same
0: final words I've used the past two weeks. Go to w.gg. Use that code Bruiser Nation. Yeah, that's B R U Z E R N A T I O N for 10% off each and every order.
1: Absolutely do that. And with that, look, this has been another episode, episode three of 2023, Dangerous Detour to the Turnbuckle. We look forward to bringing you, hopefully, good Lord, willing, the Queek Don't Rise, another episode next week. Again, our best wishes and thoughts and prayers out to Jerry Lawler. We also would be remiss if we didn't mention the passing of Lanny Poffo, Randy Savage's brother, uh, who passed away uh, this past week. Yeah, we, we lose so many it feels like in wrestling again that whether it's through health or tragedy or car wreck or whatever it is it just feels like we lose so many hopefully jerry lawler can kick out and our best wishes sent to the poffa family who you know are hurting um but hopefully uh, macho man and 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 the genius are are reunited up there so with that this has been another edition of to the turnbuckle a snapman Nation production brought to you by our new friends dubby so with that we'll see you next week and until then we'll see you in the ring ding ding my friends and neighbors smile be well be happy and until then take care of yourself